How's it going, everybody? And welcome to Just Nobody's Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm your host, Daniel. And today we're doing a podcast. Woo! If you're new to the channel, please hit the subscribe button and also hit the like button and comments what you want us to talk about next week. As you're going to see throughout this video, we took your guys' suggestions and we're talking about it this week in this episode. So make sure you comment for next week's video. Yes, sir. So let's get into it. So there's a crazy theory about the future of Marvel. Okay. Comic-Con's coming up. Kevin Feige announced that there's going to be a really big announcement in Hall H, which is like the biggest place in San Diego Comic-Con where the biggest announcements happen. As we've seen, they had the whole cast assemble before on the stage. Yeah. They announced like everything there. So huge spoiler if you haven't seen Miss Marvel yet, but at the end of the show, we see that Kamala Khan is actually a mutant. Oh yeah. And it's like the start of the X-Men. That was just one of the craziest announcements ever. Basically confirming that the X-Men are coming. We see the end post credit scene. Kamala is on her bed and all of a sudden she notices like her bands are like doing whatever, some cosmic yeah, stuff yeah, going yeah. on. And so she gets up and she's kind of like shaking it. And then all of a sudden we see her like twist up and she gets flown through the closet mm -hmm. we see carol danvers come out captain marvel. captain marvel captain marvel looks really confused you can tell that she doesn't know where she is all she sees is like she's just in a room with a bunch of pictures of her she definitely did not know what was going on so in the comic there's a character named captain marvel yeah and he has the nega bands so in the comics there's captain marvel who has the nega bands and what he does is he uses these nega bands to transport himself to Rick Jones in the comics. So basically, he'll transfer himself, and wherever Rick Jones is, Captain Marvel goes, and wherever Captain Marvel was, Rick Jones shows up. Oh. So the theory is, is that Miss Marvel is now stuck in the negative zone or some random place in outer space, and Captain Marvel switched spaces, like places with her. Oh, so like flip flopped. Right. Oh. And that's what's going to be explored in the Marvels, the new movie. Oh. Trying to find Kamala. So Captain Marvel's going to have to figure out like why she's there and how she's there and how to find Kamala. Right. And I'm sure she, like Captain Marvel's going to realize like maybe she was somewhere really bad and she just all of a sudden got out of it and she's like, oh no, like whoever was here just went where I was, where I was about to die. Right. And it's obviously like in a, like a teenager's room. Right. And what's interesting too is that there's already been concept leaks of like kamala's new suit uh -huh. for the marvels it's different than what she has now maybe something will come out at comic-con speaking of marvel though we got to meet the russo brothers oh my gosh <laughs> oh my God. we got to talk and hang out and make videos with joe and anthony russo yes they were the nicest oh my gosh people the nicest ever yeah and they were so gracious to us we were so nervous we were able to film some TikToks and yeah. some videos for their new movie, The Gray Man, which was amazing, by the way. Yes, we also saw The Gray Man. We went to the world premiere. Yeah, there's a lot that just happened within the last couple of days. We're trying to just like process everything, mm -hmm. but yes, let's start with the Rooster Brothers. It was amazing. They're the nicest. They're brothers, just like us. Yeah, and it was just such a great opportunity to be able to tell them like how much we appreciate them and like how much we really enjoy their work, and it's. I mean, we, we told them to, like, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you guys. And, right. Like, and their movies. So it's just been, like, a really cool moment. And it, we couldn't have done it without you guys, yes. obviously. So thank you guys so much for all the support on YouTube and all the support on TikTok and Instagram. I'm, I hope you guys like the content that was made. And they were just so nice to us. Really try to think out their answers. And, like, I don't know. It was just such a surreal, surreal moment. Yeah. yeah. And what makes it so much better is that, like, obviously, it would have been one thing if we met them. Mm -hmm. And we were like so nervous and they didn't want to talk to us or anything but they were so nice yeah so nice they wanted to like i don't know i was just like really shocked at really down-to-earth people yes yeah and it was like so cool to see our heroes 
like be like good people yeah and to just sit in the same room as that yeah we sat on the same couch <laughs> we're like just talking is crazy and then we saw the, the gray man premiere yes it was like a red carpet they had like paparazzi like photographers mm-hmm. we walked it it was our first movie premiere yeah it is the first movie premiere like of that scale yeah like of the having like the whole carpet and netflix did a phenomenal job guys when the gray man comes out on july 22nd I really mean this. Like, the movie is really good. Yeah. There's nine huge action sequences. And I guess when you think about it, right, you don't ever count how many action sequences are in movies when you're watching No, you don't. You just kind of be like, oh, there was a lot of action. Yeah. But when you really think about it, in a two-hour movie to have nine, you know, pretty good length action sequences. I mean, they last for like, you know, a good five to ten minutes. It gets into it quick, too. Right. So think about just all the work that goes into filming one action sequence. Right. All the stunt doubles, all All the the choreography. choreography. Right. Everything about it. They're not just staying in one spot fighting. It's a constant movement of like a chase or like Like constant. One continuous shot. Right. Yeah. It's just so intense. And it was such an ambitious movie to make. Uh Uh-huh. It's just crazy that they were able to pull it off. Yeah. And it was done so well. It wasn't yeah. just action. No. There's like emotion. There's suspense. Yeah. There is drama. There is the idea of family. It was a really good movie. And that was just one crazy weekend that we got to sit down with the, the Russo brothers. Thank you guys so much. And there's going to be videos coming out soon. So we hope you guys will enjoy it and just really get to see like the Russo brothers answer some questions that maybe you've been wanting to hear. So yeah. stay tuned for them. Moving on to Stranger Things. So did you know the Duffer brothers actually spoiled how season five is going to end? How? So recently, the Duffer brothers said that season five is going to be really close to Return of the Jedi. And we know that season four was really close to Empire Strikes Back. Just like in season four, how we see the group lose to Vecna because Vecna was able to open the four gates and bring the upside down into Hawkins. And in Empire Strikes Back, we see the group lose too. Yeah, I guess when you put it that way, there's definitely some Star Wars vibe going on yeah like when eleven got her powers back right she like lifts the nina project and if you go to like star wars empire strikes back it looks exactly like when luke lifts the x-wing out of the swamp in dagobah and we know that in season four the season ends with max being in a coma it's kind of like how han solo ended in being in carbonite but since the duffer brothers said that season five will be like return of the jedi we could definitely assume that max will come back the group will win but at the cost of a really big death so who's the big death I don't know. I think it's going to be Will or Mike. It's definitely setting up that way. Yeah. Even like all the theories that we've talked about, like Will, mm-hmm. Noah Snap saying that he wants to be killed. Yeah. The painting of Mike being in the front. Right. Mike being the heart of the group. It would make sense for Eleven to die. Right. Because we got to remember, this is like based off of MK Ultra, right? So if MK Ultra ended and was like exposed to the world, it would kind of be like Eleven can't be around. Oh, because she's a result of mk ultra exactly and if she survived it's yeah. like a loose end of people finding out that there's powers out there right unless she sacrifices her powers for the group and not herself but like she gets her powers taken but i also feel too that the show really started with just the core group of friends yeah that is true and then 11 comes in yeah and it would make sense that 11 cares about them so much that she would want to sacrifice herself for them to right. live a normal life because it all went downhill once they met 11 Pretty much. Eleven touched the Demogorgon, opened the gate. True. Okay, but there's also new evidence of what the monster will be in Stranger Things 5. Gosh, we have such a long wait till season 5 still. 
Yeah, but we know that in almost every season, we see the kids playing Dungeons and Dragons. And the monster they fight in D&D is usually the monster they fight in real life. Right. So in season one, we see the kids fight the Demogorgon in their Dungeons and Dragons game. And that ends up being the big bad of season one. And in season two, we see Dustin use a D&D book to find out what the shadow monster is and figure out that it was the Mind Flayer infecting Will. And in season three, we don't see the kids play D&D that much, but we see Will sets up a campaign where they have to fight Juju zombies. And we know the Mind Flayer infected a bunch of people in Hawkins basically making them zombies. I mean, we also see in season four, they actually fight Vecna in Dungeons and Dragons. Exactly. So the only monster that we haven't seen from season one's final game is the Thessal Hydra. So the theory is we're finally going to see it in season five. I mean, it makes sense because Nancy literally explains to them what she saw in her vision. She said it had a gaping mouth. And if you look at the Thessal Hydra, that thing's got a huge mouth and it has like a bunch of like dragon heads. Yeah. And it's kind of like the painting. Right. Like Will's painting has like three heads, right? And it's like right. a dragon. Yeah, but maybe there's a mouth that we just don't see. The Thessal Hydra, I think, is coming. Because yeah. that's the only one from a D&D &D game that we haven't seen yet. That, I mean, if we go off the, just like the basic logic of knowing that every time there's a character in the D&D &D game, it shows up. Yeah. And Vecna showed up. I mean, Mind Flare, everything showed up, right? Yeah. So it makes sense that the Thessal Hydra is just lurking in the shadows. So this week on TikTok, I talked about a crazy theory about Coraline. Oh, yeah. So we all know Coraline. It's a great movie. You know, for a kid's movie, it does come off very creepy and oh can gosh. still be traumatizing for some people. I remember seeing that in theaters when I was a kid. Yeah. That was freaky. It'll make you not want to turn off the lights, that's for sure. Because in my honest opinion, I thought we were going to go see like a happy movie. Like it was going to be like all like rainbows and butterflies. Right. But it ain't that. <laughs> so as we see, Mr. Bobinski is actually blue. Yeah. And he is Coraline's Russian neighbor mm -hmm. who has a russian accent yeah. and he has blue skin he's like the gymnast guy he's Coraline's neighbor and there's a theory that he's actually dying throughout the whole movie yeah so as we see mr bobinski has this pin and it's like a it's like a medal and it's actually a russian hero medal and these medals were given to all the like the people in russia that were helping during chernobyl's um, nuclear disaster, which happened in 1986, something went wrong, and a lot of people were infected by the nuclear radiation. That medal signifies that he was one of the soldiers that were awarded for helping. So, with that being said, when you look up what happens when you have radiation poisoning, blue skin is a factor. Yeah. This kind of brings it together that not only do we know that he was at Chernobyl mm -hmm. during the time because he has the medal, but he has blue skin. That means he's slowly dying from nuclear radiation. Yeah. I don't know, like, when Coraline takes place, but I don't know how much longer he has, but it's it's basically saying, like, that he's dying of radiation. Yeah. I had no idea he had that metal on. Like, I didn't even notice that thing. Yeah, I mean, when you watch the movie, you just think it's, like, decoration. Yeah. Like, I mean... But when you realize what it is, it's like, wow, it's kind of, like, out of place. Like, why does he have that? If you, like, actually notice it. And you gotta remember that movie Stop... Oh, this is a perfect example that I forgot to tell you. It's like, it's, it's a stop motion movie. Right. So every little detail is put on purpose oh, because yeah. they have to move it like a little like centimeter, like not even, right? It's right. a constant, like little tedious movements. True. So for them to like put something in there that had made no sense, it obviously has a meaning. Yeah. And his skin color has to have a meaning because like he's blue. Yeah. And some people say it's because he's cold, but come on. He's cold. It doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. Do you know about these high school kids in Japan that would torture people that would reject them? This is in Japan? Yeah. So back in 1989, there was a girl named Junko Furuta. She was known to be like very pretty and like very popular amongst her school. And apparently she was so friendly to everybody. She would always uplift them and everyone went to her as like 
the person that would make their day. I could tell this one's going to be sad. Yeah, it is really sad. And Junko used to be asked out on dates a lot because guys always found her attractive and she was always so nice. But she was so focused on like her schooling and her family and she knew that she had a job lined up after high school. So one day after school when Junko was heading home, this guy named Hiroshi went up to her and tried to ask her out on a date. He told him like, oh no, no thank you. I'm not interested in going on a date. Okay. So Hiroshi got super mad at Junko because Hiroshi was so embarrassed by being rejected. Hiroshi was known as a troubled kid. He dropped out of high school early. He was always causing trouble in the neighborhood and everyone knew that he was trouble. Dude, this guy sounds like a loser. So Hiroshi was so mad and this is where the story gets really disturbing and really crazy because he was a part of the gang called the Yakuza, which is one of the deadliest gangs to ever exist. Oh boy. And Hiroshi and his three friends were considered like the lowest level of the gang. So they were always trying to like prove themselves to be like able to rank higher. So Hiroshi after that day was really upset at Junko. So he had a plan with his three friends. And the next day when Junko was riding her bike home, Hiroshi showed up with his three friends and tricked Junko into going to a different location and she got kidnapped by them. They tortured her. Dude, this is really upsetting. Stuff like this is so disgusting. So after Hiroshi kidnapped Junko, her parents were wondering where did Junko go because she never came back home. So they notified the entire neighborhood that Junko is gone and we need help trying to find her. So everyone in the neighborhood wanted to help because they all loved Junko and the police got involved and they were just sending out search parties to go try to find her. And at this point, Hiroshi and his friends got so nervous because they knew like, oh man, we're gonna get caught. So they try to think of a plan on how they're gonna get away from it. Dude, I hope these guys get caught. So Hiroshi tortures Junko and makes her call her parents and tell them like, I hate you, you're such bad parents to me and I ran away from home. Don't send anybody after me because I don't want to be saved. Like I, I ran away on my own. So Junko's parents called off all the searches because that's what Junko wanted. And it's so horrible. For the next 30 days, Junko was tortured by Hiroshi and his three friends. So after Hiroshi and his three friends killed Junko, they went on for like six months. Like, I don't even know like how long it was exactly without ever being caught. So it wasn't until one day when Hiroshi and his three friends were accused of a different crime that the police were questioning them. One of the friends thought the police were talking about Junko. So he just confessed everything and said like, we did this, we did this, we were so bad. Like, and basically confessed on everyone's behalf who did it. These boys were 17 years old. So one year before being an adult. So when they got charged for the crimes of killing Junko, Three friends were only given seven years in prison and Hiroshi was only given 20 years in prison. And what they did, they should have been put to death. Yeah, they should have been given the death sentence. And what's so horrible is that these guys are still around, I believe. Like, they're out of prison. And it's just so unacceptable that these guys can walk after what they did. What's, like, really important is that you can't trust anybody. Even for Leia, I tell her, like, you have to be careful, like, where you go. You can't trust, like, people because you never know. Like, someone could appear to be the nicest person and they end up being, like, Hiroshi. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know. See, it's important to talk about because it helps people be aware of how sick some people are. That's true. If you live life thinking, like, naive and, like, none of this stuff happens. Yeah. That's exactly how it can happen to you. That is true. So I think it's important to talk about. Yeah. And, like, Junko was just trying to be like nice to everyone. Right. But it just shows you though that you can't live life like without knowing these things because the reality is there's stuff that happens and if you don't know about it, you can't like protect yourself from them. That's true. Junko would want her story to be told mm -hmm. to be able to help people understand like that there is evil out there. Yeah. And people do the unthinkable things. It's like really disturbing. Yeah. And I think it's important to like use our platform to be able to tell Junko's story. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. And give her, do her justice because obviously the legal system did not get, do her justice. No, not at all. Because those not guys are still all. walking.
Yeah. So I think the only proper way to give her justice now is to tell her story and let people know, like, what happened. Right. Like, I don't know everything they did, but just from what you told me, seven and 20 years is a joke. One of them or a couple of them went back to prison because one guy, like, robbed a guy and slit his throat. So then he... So, 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 yeah, some of them are back in, but there's some that are still free. Right. But see, like, the guy that went back in, he just killed another person. And that's the thing. I think at the time in Japan, there's only, like... There's a certain amount of time that someone could serve in prison. It's different than we have the laws we have here. Moving on. Sorry, the tone's going to change, guys. We're going to try to regroup here and uh, tell the next story. Okay, so have you heard of the four-year-old that lived his entire life with a secret identity? What do you mean by secret identity? Like a superhero? So there was a kid named Bobby Dunbar who went missing in Louisiana and for months they couldn't find him. Multiple search teams couldn't find him. But then they sent out missing reports on what Bobby looked like. He had a scar on his foot and a mole on his neck. But after eight months of no clues, there was a sighting of a boy who looked exactly like Bobby in Mississippi with a man named William Walters. And William was seen mistreating this kid. So then Bobby's parents went to Mississippi to examine the boy and they found that he had a scar on his foot and a mole on his neck just like Bobby did. But what was weird is he didn't answer to the name Bobby and it didn't seem like he recognized Bobby's mom. But after spending a day with him, Bobby's mom confirmed that this was her son. So they bought him like a new bike, they bought him a pony, and they gave him a full parade. They got him a pony? Yeah, but William Walters insisted that the boy was not Bobby and it was his nephew, Bruce Anderson. So they went to court and the judge decided it was truly Bobby. So Bobby went back with his family to live in Louisiana and he ended up growing up in having a family of his own but this is where it all goes downhill here we go so bobby actually ended up having a granddaughter who thought his story was really confusing so she set up a dna test to find out if her grandfather was really bobby dunbar and the results confirmed that he was not bobby and he had lived his entire life as somebody else and as a kid he probably felt it was the best thing to replace the old bobby because of all the gifts and all the praise he got for returning and he probably knew that he could escape the mistreatment of his uncle there is no way and bruce anderson's family still believes that he was stolen by another family and we still don't know what happened to the real bobby to this day unbelievable right the fact that he went missing and they found a kid that looked almost identical to him. And he ended up living a normal life. But it was the wrong kid the entire time. That's it's, freaky. It's like one of those things where the kid had a bad life. Saw like somebody trying to reach out to him. And probably was like, you know, I better just go with this. Yeah, but you would think like it would raise a red flag when he didn't answer to the name Bobby. Yeah, so they were calling his name like, hey, Bobby. And he, he didn't know. Like, 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 not sure what's going on. Yeah. It's weird that the mom, like, didn't recognize that it's not her son. I know. At four years old, like, I get, like, babies look very similar. Right. But at four, come on. Yeah, you're you getting to... You the... know the difference. Yeah. It's almost like she was in so, like, such denial. Yeah. That she just wanted her son back so bad. Right. You know? Which is understandable. It's just so crazy. Yeah. It is. And it's just one of those things, too. Another situation, right? There's just crazy stuff that goes on in this world. Yeah. That I feel like you and I never knew growing up, right? We never knew these things. No. And we always were like told the world's a good place. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's not. Like I think it is there's potential for it to be great. Right. right. But I think it's important to stop having future issues. The knowledge needs to be shared so that people are aware. That's true. Yeah. Because right, if you don't know, you could end up like some of these people. Right. And those people obviously would never want to see anybody else have to go through that. 
Yeah. So I think it's important that we can learn from it and explain it to people. Right. We're sorry if this episode got a little dark. Yeah. But I think it's our responsibility to at least shed light on it. So this next part of the podcast is where Leia comes on and talks about a real life story between two people. And we have to figure out who's right and who's wrong. These are real life stories. They're written by a real person that's like talking about their life. So we have to figure out who's right and who's wrong. This is Whose Side Are You On? Here comes Leia. Woo! Welcome to Whose Side Are You On? Whose Side Are You On? Is the girlfriend in the right or the wrong? My boyfriend seems to be too close to his girl roommates. Oh boy. (laughs) I, 32 female, have been dating my 28 male boyfriend for about four months now. He had moved in with one of his best friends, 26 female, about the time we started dating. I've noticed he and her are particularly close. He has known her for six years and she has been there for him through many hard times according to him. It's just, she bothers me. She had my Snapchat and would snap me random photos of her and him or post photos of him to her Snapchat story. What? It gave me a weird feeling. Also, when I was sick and throwing up, he didn't bother to bring me anything. But when she was sick, she called him while he was at my house and he changed our plans for the day so we could pick her up and drive an hour so she could drop off her niece's gift because she didn't want to drive herself. My God. He also bought her cold medicine at Walgreens on the way. I felt hurt because he didn't do anything for me, but I get they have been friends for longer. One day a few weeks ago, I texted my boyfriend asking if he wanted me to bring him food because he had a stressful day at work. He said no, he was going to cook at home. Then he and I continued to text until he randomly FaceTimed me. It wasn't him, but his roommate on his phone. She and him were at a bar with a bunch of people. Lies. I couldn't help but feel hurt. He insisted he was planning to come by later, but if that were the case, why didn't he just text me? He doesn't see the problem and doesn't seem to care about my feelings at all regarding it. He accuses me of wanting him to end his relationship with his friend, and I told him that is ridiculous. I would never expect that. I just think healthy boundaries are in order. I feel like he gets emotionally fulfilled by her and so doesn't expend as much energy to be emotionally connected to me. Plus, it is apparent she is in love with him and desperately wants to be with him. I know he doesn't want to date her because he doesn't seem attracted to her and I know he would never physically cheat on me. Today, I tried just to get him to tell me what time he was coming over to my house tonight and he got upset saying his brain doesn't work that way and he doesn't know when he will be ready to come over. Honestly, I don't know if I'm wrong for bringing this up to him, but my feelings are hurt and I don't know what to do. Am I wrong? Whose side are you on? Gosh. Wow. Sticky situation, huh? Sticky, but you know, it's a very common issue, I feel like, amongst couples. Like, I feel like this is something that happens more often than we think. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, you see, like, there's one friend that's been really close to the, you know, the significant other. For a while. And you're... Like, oh, are they, is there something going on between them? Mm-hmm. But in this case, there's looks like there's something going on between them. Yeah. And I feel like, too, the girl knows. Like, if she can tell that someone's, like, in love with her significant other, then that's, like, definitely a red flag. Well, what's bad is if he helps her, the friend when she's sick, but when it's mm-hmm. his girlfriend, he's, like, not doing anything. Yeah. Like, he doesn't cater that? to her at all. I mean, if it's not... If they're not physically cheating, they're definitely emotionally cheating. Yeah, because yeah. she even said that she's like, can tell that he's emotionally fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think the guy's wrong. Just because it seems like he's obviously not giving this girl the attention she deserves. Right. Yeah. And he it, lied to her. Well, he's not setting up the proper boundaries that you should have 
if you're in a relationship with someone you gotta like put up these other boundaries for the other people around yeah like you can't just be like having multiple relationships equivalent to like a a loving relationship with your significant other yeah and also like if you feel like you're emotionally like deprived from somebody like that's not good either i think it's one of those things too where the the girlfriend needs to communicate this to the boyfriend and if he doesn't change or like respect her exactly leave him yeah you got to get out get out of there get out it's not i mean if if he's not going to change for you and this is really bothering you and it's affecting your mental health and emotionally mm-hmm. then obviously he doesn't love you because you're hurting mm-hmm. change is the wrong word i think it should be like compromise Okay. You know what I mean? Like, so what's the change, compromise? Yeah, because you don't want to like change Cheat, cheat on me for two days of the week instead of doing four days. Like, no, see, okay. You don't get compromised. That's your way of compromising. <laughs> oh, well, what do you, okay, explain. Wait, wait, wait. Exposing. Like, set up the boundaries. <laughs> okay. Right? But they could still be friends. You know what I mean? But don't you think it's kind of weird that, why should they still be friends if, if obviously the girl. They're roommates. That, that's and like. they've been friends for six years. That's probably the first mistake. But don't you think though that if, if. The girlfriend feels like there's some kind of emotional feelings between both of them. He kind of has to cut her off. The roommate. How do you, how do you just cut feelings off? Like, especially when you're like roommates with the person for and you still six hang out with years. them. Am I crazy? No. No, but that's like. I, like I understand what you're saying. I guess I'm trying to figure out how you compromise in this situation. It just seems like it's there's. You have to kind of like remove yourself. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't like when you use, like, you have to, like, change the person. Uh, I, yeah, I think uh, that's all right. I guess I what I'm trying to say from. is change your situation. Like, if yeah, he has that... to change in terms of I have to respect my girlfriend, and if, mm-hmm. if it looks like I'm having emotional fulfillment with the other person, that I should probably, you know, distance myself yeah. in a healthy mm-hmm. way. Right. That's true. Because it sounds like he's having, like, multiple girlfriends. Exactly. Yeah. Agreed. The guy's wrong. Totally wrong. Girl's right. Yeah. The guy's wrong. The girl's right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Leia. Woo! Wow. What a great story. The kinds of stories that is, it's like really relatable and it's surprising how often it happens. Yeah. You know what because I mean? we've all had friends of the opposite sex. Yeah. Right? And we've all been in relationships and sometimes it gets a little weird. Yeah. But there's also times where it doesn't. So I'm not saying like all situations are bad, right? Right. But if you notice that the friend is getting a little too close, where you need to put up some boundaries out of respect to your significant other. Yeah. But I also feel like emotional affairs happen a lot. Oh, yeah. Emotional affairs are worse than physical affairs because a physical affair, you could just like, have a one night stand. Right. And probably just part ways and like never see each other again. Right. Yeah. But emotional affairs, that is like something you could, you can't get. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can like hook up with someone probably and like it's like the same. But an emotional affair is like, you don't just drop your emotions. Right. It's locked in. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for watching. We really appreciate you guys. And we just hope you guys feel like you're a part of this as much as we are and that's why we try to use your guys' suggestions and your guys' comments so make sure you comment what you want us to talk about next week next week hopefully we'll be a little bit lighter yeah not, but i i think it was necessary to talk about we'll see you guys next week on youtube apple podcast and spotify and we'll see you tomorrow on tiktok we'll see you on the tiki talk god bless you guys see ya love ya